from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week, I'm going to try and convince you guys that The Little Mermaid predicted the entirety of Britney Spears' life. And I will resist mm. you at every turn. And I will keep on pushing. And I will push back. <laughs> <laughs> We'll also be talking about why profanity is important, might actually make you more trustworthy, and a little quiz about cursing. Oh, that sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And for the first time ever, there's a three-way tie for person of the week that's pissing us off most. Stick around to find out why we're men. It's going to be a pleasure. Mm. So, let's just get into this. I really hope this convinces you. I'm convinced, but it doesn't take much. (laughs) So, we all have our daily rituals. Mm -hmm. There's the universal. We all, well, most of us, brush our teeth. Mm -hmm. We go to work. We eat avocado. One I remember. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then there's the more idiosyncratic things that we do every day. For me, a day does not pass without texting one of my friends about the latest charming thing that Britney Spears has Instagrammed. Oh, so it's not just me and Jamidra that you text about okay. Britney. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's widespread. Good to know. I hear Britney's Instagram is a thing. It's beyond a thing. Okay. And actually, there is a post on Kikuity Pop called The Redemptive Power of Britney Spears' Instagram. Um, <laughs> so go look at that if, if you're not convinced yet. And I am not. <laughs> so you have some reading to do. I do. I do. So a couple of days ago, I texted my friend John about a random illustration of a chessboard that Brittany posted. Hmm. She says in the caption, very interesting. I need to learn how to play. (laughs) To the unimaginative who have maybe lost all innocence and Mm. the ability to recognize magic in the world. It's just a photo of a chessboard. But to Brittany, it is a curiosity waiting to be explored. Okay. An invitation to transform. (laughs) I feel like I'm watching a one-man show in a very small theater right now. (laughs) That is basically what this is right now. You're like, when can I leave this room? You're like a candle in the wind. It's very massive. Don't make me sing out. (laughs) I will not, especially with your voice the way it is right now. I know. You are bunged up, sir. I am Phoebe Buffay when she sings better when she's sick. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Don't try me. Before I start, I just want to say that um, I have a cold. So if I sneeze in the middle of a song, it's not on purpose. (laughs) Oh, except the last verse of Pepper People. (laughs) Snowy cat, snowy cat, what are they feeding you? This chick sounds good. (laughs) So... Most of Britney's Instagram posts are dedicated to these kinds of random curiosities, such as pictures of miniature puppies sitting in heels in front of the Eiffel Tower. Oh, Jesus. Or a photo of a lazy kitten relaxing in a hammock. This sounds like a calendar. It should be. Like a Hallmark calendar. Is she a compulsive regrammer? She is. Okay. Uh, words of wisdom, even photos of her and Justin in the all denim outfit. She's like, yeah, that was a great, great look. I love that. Oh, wait. So she owns it? Yes. Oh, how delightful. What did she do? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the etiquette is about posting pictures of you and your ex when your ex is married. Oh, she's open to it because she's single. 
Oh, let me go handle that. That's not her problem. uh, mm, Okay. She also posts photos of a gang signing Leonardo DiCaprio and her back in the day for a TBT. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. She stands and fangirls for Albert Einstein, like beyond. She posts a photo of him and she's like, this is the only person I want to talk to in heaven. He's my favorite. I am obsessed. Who you? So that Albert Einstein is to Brittany Mm -hmm. as Abraham Lincoln is to Emmanuel? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Equations. All <laughs> equations. That's an SAT question. Okay. You pass. D- does she give any kind of background color on uh, why she's so obsessed with Albert Einstein? Physics. Oh, wow. I guess. Okay. She's real smart. She also posts weirdly sexual lion art. We're talking like a naked woman like straddling a lion. Oh, type of thing. that's like super 80s. But like painted. I would not do that. She also shares gratitude for hot bread. She loves toast. So all of these things are on her Instagram. You should check it out. I'm still, I don't. I I only follow two people who don't follow me back. One is Brittany. The other is Solange. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone else follows you back. Yeah, because I'm not going to spend time and effort on your life and caring about it if you don't care about mine. I'm not going to spend time looking at your hot toast. if That's really hard line. I almost respect that. Almost. I stress the almost part. (laughs) We were almost there. Almost. Yeah, I, I do not. Since this is the cursing episode, around on Instagram. <gasps> yes. So, all this to say, Brittany's Instagram feels like a cyber manifestation of Ariel's Cave of Wonders, where she puts her little curios and knickknacks. Like, she's like, oh my God, I love this dangle hopper, and it's a fork or a pipe. Things mm. she finds from the human world that, like, drop into the ocean, and she picks it up and I'm, puts it in a cave. I'm sorry. I have to stop you here. Uh-huh. I held my tongue throughout the La Croix <laughs> debacle. I didn't actually hold my tongue. What are you doing? I'm doing this. The Little Mermaid? He's making the leap. He's making the leap right now. Yes. I'll take the astrology. I'll take the Lacroix. But this is a step too far. I've crossed the line. Thus far and no further, Hapsis. I draw this line in the sand. Look at this line. Wow. It's a deep one. Are you going to tiptoe over it? I'm going to flip my fins right over it. Hello. I'm putting my foot right down. This is the last <laughs> time you are to equate Britney's Instagram with The Little Mermaid. Well, here we go. Good knowing you, because I'm going to continue going. <laughs> the cooler is currently looking for a replacement host. <laughs> so I texted my friend John. Britney is Ariel before she left home. Hmm. As a joke... But the more I think about it, the similarities between the two are actually pretty uncanny. I was waiting for Carly to spit out our soda. Let us count the ways. They're both simple. <laughs> oh. Shots fired. Or should I say shots fired since, Whoa, it's, the, okay. since it's the cursing episode. <laughs> Number one, both Ariel and Brittany are known for their voices. In the first few minutes of The Little Mermaid, an audience is wildly disappointed by Ariel's failure to show up at a gig. <laughs> is the youngest in her musical debut. A second little sister, we're presenting her to you. To sing the song Sebastian wrote, her voice is like a bell. She's a sister, Ariel. Ariel. He has anger management issues. Clearly. So, similarly, many leave Britney shows disappointed due to her insistence on lip syncing, which is another form of not showing up. Mm. Don't at me, Britney stands because facts are facts. I love her. So I was going to say, facts. you can also substitute Mariah with this or Lauren Hill. 
Ooh. So I need more wow. proof. Lauren Hill lip syncs? I need more. Well, she doesn't lip sync, but she just doesn't show up. Oh. She, <laughs> she shows up like super late. <laughs> she shows up like four hours later singing new songs that nobody knows. I will say I went to see Britney in Vegas and I was whelmed. She pressed Ooh, play on yeah. that CD and it sounded just she like did. a CD and that's what she did. She did. I was weirdly taken aback by how young she sounded, oh. um, but also just very sad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So almost everything Ariel does in The Little Mermaid is in direct opposition to the limits her father places on her freedom of movement Mm. and expression. Okay. Similarly, the major theme in Britney's life has been fighting against an overprotective father and management team, a struggle that continues to this day and inspired this bop. Both Ariel and Brittany are followed around by a micromanager hired by their fathers to convince them that a controlled environment is better than the unknown of a life of their choosing. For Ariel, it's Sebastian, the Jamaican crab. (laughs) Wait, so hang on a minute. This is actually a very big deal to me. Sebastian, crab or lobster? Discuss. He's a crab. Jamidra? I don't even remember. I just remember. (laughs) I don't know him. That he had an accent. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yes. Yes. And I remember looking at that with a grown eye, like, mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Side they're, note. When they're doing that. My dad gets quite sunburned often because he goes out in the sun and refuses to wear SPF. And we all call him Sebastian when that happens. Ouch. And then we always argue about whether Sebastian's a crab or a lobster. He's clearly a crab. I don't know, I don't dude. Know. I don't know. And I'm from Maryland, the land of crabs. Oh, so, okay. I know my crabs. <laughs> I heard that rumor. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's treatable. Anyway, for Brittany, it's her current manager, Larry Rudolph. Current? Yes. As in 2017? Yes. Okay. He was her manager back in the day, and then she had her moment, Mm -hmm. as we all know. And then he came back to help her get her career back in order. 2007, rough year. Yes, for all of us. So when Ariel fails to show up at the show at the beginning of the movie, Sebastian says the following... This concert was to be the pinnacle of my distinguished career. No thanks to you, I am the laughing stock of the entire kingdom. So swap out entire kingdom <laughs> for entire music industry, and it could easily be something that would come out of Larry Rudolph's mouth. Mm. I believe. Every time Ariel and Brittany sneak away, mm-hmm. they are hounded. Ariel's hounded by sharks. Brittany's hounded by paparazzi. Mm. So a little pop sharks situation happened. A little paparazzi sharks following Ariel. They can't live. Deep blue sea. So the first time Ariel sees her man, Prince Eric, he's dancing on the deck of his ship and she's feeling his moves, like feeling Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I see where this is going. I see where this is going. The first time Brittany laid eyes on future husband and baby daddy, Kevin Federline. Mm. The first time... Ever I saw your face is what she didn't say. Uh-oh. Wow, we got Carly, Carly saying something. How, how many episodes did it take? Edit that out. Ooh, <laughs> I only did it to make you laugh. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> so she was equally feeling it when she saw Kevin Federline mm-hmm. for the first time, and these were her thoughts. Spotted you dancing. You made all the girls stare. Lips and your brown eyes. Shake my thing. Sexy. Fun fact, K-Fed was a backup dancer for Michael Jackson, Mm -hmm. Destiny Child, Pink, and 
Britney's ex, Justin Timberlake. He's been he around the block around. a couple of times. He was around. He's in the music video of Like I Love You, Justin's first single. Mm. And you can see him. He has cornrows. It's embarrassing for him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he's embarrassed. I was going to say, he, he seems pretty be. brazen yeah, about that. Seems... So, obviously, Triton does not like that Ariel is in love with this human. And Britney's dad didn't like K-Fed either. So the Surprise. combo... I am shocked, yeah. really. I just... <laughs> So the following conversation between Ariel and Triton is something that probably happened in the Spears household. Harpooning fish eaters, incapable of any feeling. Daddy, I love him! No. Have you lost your senses completely? He's a human. You're a mermaid. I don't care. So help me, Ariel. I am going to get through to you. And if this is the only way, so be it. So he breaks up all her sh- and is awful. Ah, <laughs> uh, have you not seen the Little Mermaid? I have seen it, but it's been years, oh, and all okay. I know is she gave up her voice, and I was like, you know what, I'm done. Oh yeah, that's coming. Yeah. Mm. I was a, even as a kid, I was a little feminist. I was like, you know what? Mm. This is no, not right feeling it. <laughs> not feeling. I was just scarred for life by like the original Hans Christian Andersen version. It's horrible. Oh, that's uh, worse than this one. Oh, it's just nasty. She dies at the end. She dies, and she turns into flotsam and jetsam. Just AKA that little white Foam. bubbly crap. Yeah. Foam. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> bubbly crap. <laughs> the bubbly crap. Bubbly crap, all one word. <laughs> Is that the name of your band? It was. <laughs> we, we had a great uh, tour <laughs> of the Red States. <laughs> someone said about our last episode in the title, Roomba Homicide is in there. And someone said, I'm naming my band. Yeah, I saw that. That's what's happening. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. DJ Roomba Homicide. <laughs> in the building. <laughs> yup. That's it. So both Ariel and Brittany are like, F*** you, Dad. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to hang out with people you don't approve of. I don't care what you say. For Ariel, it was Ursula's henchman, Flotsam and Jetsam. Mm. Two eels. Oh, Ursula. For Brittany, it was Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) Were they a trio? Do you remember these photos? They're like... All three in the front seat of a convertible going out. That's mm. when they weren't wearing underwear. This was during the Simple Lifetime when they had the TV show? Yeah, okay. around that time. I remember that time. I prefer not to remember these times. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's a reality. We yeah. have to face our fears and our history. Flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So desperate to take control of their lives, mm-hmm. they turn to Svengali types who are going to take advantage of them. Mm. For Ariel, it was Ursula. And for Brittany, it was this guy, Sam Lutfi. Oh, he's British, isn't he? I don't know if he is. I thought he was. But I know that he's a super shady dude who popped out of nowhere to enable her and then become her manager and try to get money and stuff. He was like a scoundrel, I think. He did something similar with Amanda Bynes and, (gasps) as recently as last summer, allegedly kidnapped and robbed (gasps) Francis Bean Cobain's husband. What? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. He's bad news, is what I have to say. All you had to robbed? say was Amanda Bynes, and I was like, listen, yeah. I know that you that you could you could stop right there. Where there's crack smoke, there's mm-hmm. fire. Oh, wow. Amanda. So as a consequence of Ursula's meddling, Ariel literally lost her voice. Mm-hmm. And Brittany lost hers in a more figurative sense, as a response to Brittany running around with the Sam guy and doing whatever she wanted. 
Brittany's dad and Larry Rudolph probably had a conversation similar to this one between Ariel's dad, Triton, and Sebastian. If Ariel was my daughter, I'd show her who was boss. None of this flitting to the surface and all of such nonsense. No, sir, I'd keep her under tight control. You're absolutely right, Sebastian. Of course. Ariel needs constant supervision. Constant. Someone to watch over her, to keep her out of trouble. All the time. And you are just the crab to do it. See, sometimes you got to know when to stop talking. Yeah. (laughs) So this is where Britney's conservatorship comes in, which is a legally binding document, much like Ariel's document with Ursula that she signed. It robbed Britney of her voice in the sense that she could no longer make her own decisions in terms of her life, her business, her recording career, and basically everything else. What? Yes. She's still under conservatorship. Really? Yes. That's where Instagram comes in. She's like, this is my... This is my outlet. My outlet. My time. Instagram is her cave of wonders. Oh, <laughs> so that's what I said in the beginning. And you said, this is my line and I don't like <laughs> Yeah, but so now I'm coming around to it. You're starting to come around. DJ cave of wonders. <laughs> DJ Colin. <laughs> <laughs> MC tenuous <laughs> argument from Emmanuel Hapsis. So yeah, Under the Sea, which was mm-hmm. about like, stay home, stay under the sea, don't go up there, could have been... Titled under the conservatorship. In oh, C under the yeah. C. It's in letter C. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone knows Ariel's big hit is part of your world, mm-hmm. in which she laments that despite a life of privilege and spoils, there's still loneliness inside of her. Look at this stuff, isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl, the girl who has everything? I feel you, girl. Mm. Mm. It's a sad tale. You never know. So this idea of having it all but still being unhappy is also present through Britney Jean Spears' life and infused in one of her best songs, Lucky. Here's another overlap. Ariel sings the following. I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. You want thingamabobs? I got 20. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. You know who else wants more? Hmm. Who? Brittany. <laughs> give me more. She does. I don't think I've ever heard that song. Never? No. Oh, it's quite good. That's from Blackout. What year was it? 2007. Oh, I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> you blacked that out. <laughs> I think she did too. <laughs> Unfortunately. (laughs) Part of your world could also be about Britney's desire to just be a regular person who Mm -hmm. can go to a Starbucks. I want to be where the people are. I want to see. Want to see them sipping grande lattes. (laughs) Yeah. I I do remember that little bop in in the film. (laughs) Or she wants to be on a beach. What would I pay to spend a day warm on the sand? Or anywhere else 
where she's not hounded by paparazzi. Up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun, wandering free. Wish I could be part of that world. And one of my favorite parts of Party World is when Ariel gets super feminist. That you're on land, they understand that they don't reprimand their daughters. Bright young women, sick of swimming, ready to stand. Stand, girl. Mm. Stand up. She wants those legs. Stand back. <laughs> stand back. Stevie sang. In the middle of my room. God, that's a good song. Can we, can, oh, we, yeah. can we lead out with that? Consider it done. Wonderful. <laughs> Brittany also has a song about being ready to stand up and claim her agency. Okay. Courtesy of one Bobby Brown. But the question is, can Britney spell prerogative? Oh, yikes. Shots I mean, fired for the second time during this. <laughs> can <episode>. we? <laughs> is the question. I can because I have to search for that song to listen to it. Ah, mm-hmm. I think it's P K R E. Oh, no, I've got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all must have had it. <laughs> Eventually, after hitting rock bottom, both women find their way to a more or less happy ending. Okay. Triton and Brittany's dad both realize that it might be a good idea to let their adult daughters make their own decisions. Imagine that. Imagine. Wow. I'm not comfortable with that idea. (laughs) Well, it's like I always say, Your Majesty. Children got to be free to lead their own lives. You always say that? (laughs) Oh. Then I guess there's just one problem left. And what's that, Your Majesty? How much I'm going to miss her. I'm like not going to cry in this studio. That is an emotional scene. You see how Sebastian just flip-flopped at the end, though? That's why you got to be careful who you listen to. He's gaslighting. Okay. That's what Sebastian's doing. (laughs) Crab or lobster? (laughs) He's a crab. (laughs) Stop trolling me. (laughs) It's so easy and fun, though. I know. So Triton grants Ariel her legs, even though it means he'll never see her again, which is really sad. Mm. She can now live above sea level and marry this guy, Eric, who she just met Mm -hmm. and has had one conversation with. But whatever, he's fine and he can dance. So give up your whole life for this man. And your voice, literally. Don't see your daddy anymore. Wow. You can't sing anymore. But you're going to go off, meet this man with this man you just met. Mm -hmm. It's the American Mm -hmm. dream. Last year, Brittany also was freed in a different way. She was allowed to make her decisions in terms of her music career, which is why her latest album, Glory, is the best one since her conservatorship took effect. It's a glorious. So Blackout was amazing. All the ones after that, not good. And then this one, great again. Oh, don't even get me started on Blackout. It's great. Great album. Nobody's too cool for that album. No one. Even you, Jimmy Dre. Yeah. I, I can't. Mm, <laughs> I, I have, um, maybe I'll give it a listen tonight. <laughs> So these are just some of the reasons why I believe The Little Mermaid predicted <laughs> oh. Britney's whole Jesus life. Jesus Christ, thank said, God for that. <laughs> some, so there's more? No, Jamidra, stop, please. No, don't encourage him. <laughs> if you want more evidence like Jamidra does. No, <laughs> nobody does. Head on over to kqed.org slash pop for a whole essay full of more parallels, animated gifts, and other goodness. I imagine Carly will not be doing that. I will not. <laughs> but... I rest my case nonetheless. 
Thanks for listening. So, guys, do you love cursing? I f***ing do. Uh, oh! <laughs> love that <laughs> Well, this is the cursing episode, and Emmanuel has promised to bleep out everything that we f***ing say, which mm-hmm. is great, because Good. it will kind of more closely mirror our real-life conversations, I mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. Which are peppered with expletives, mm-hmm. profanities. Expletives. Expletives. Curse words. <laughs> I feel bad for the editing job you're going to have to do, sir. Yeah, well, someone's got to do it. Yeah. So, the reason that I'm bringing up swearing, there's been a new study, guys. You know how we love studies. We do tell love studies. Tell me more, and tell polls me more. And research. In the form of a paper in Social, Psychological and Personality Science, hmm. my favorite journal. I read I mean, it every day. Every day. Obsessively. Every day. The paper was titled, Frankly, We Do Give a Damn. The Relationship Between Profanity and Honesty. Mm. It made a link between swearing and our perception of a person's honesty in the course of a few experiments. So basically, long story short, if someone curses in front of you, it heightens your perception of their trustworthiness. Got wow. it. Got it. Research also indicates that if you want to bond with someone, swear with them or maybe even at them because it <laughs> makes you, like they'll, you know, uh, you'll win their trust. That explains my relationship with my husband. I'm oh. so glad. <laughs> You're like, I curse at him all night long. So I have to ask, do you guys swear a lot? Why am I even asking? I know you do. I casually do. I don't get into the deep cuts in terms of cursing, but is a one that I use. Interesting. It's a great word. Yeah. Jamidra? Oh, I curse constantly. So here's the thing. When I was a kid, I was I didn't curse at all. I was such a goody two-shoes. And then I got to junior high school and something happened and the switch flipped. <gasps> and then I just became like this cursing machine. So, And then I have children now. So now I have to edit myself. So as soon as I walk out of the house, I'm like, I'm so f-ing happy <laughs> to be out of the goddamn house so I can curse in this motherfucker. <laughs> Is there one instance that you love in like a movie or music where someone just curses? Ooh. I sure do. <laughs> Tell me. There's this woman by the name of Tiffany New York Pollard. Oh. She was on Celebrity Big Brother. She also was on Flavor of Love and I Love New York and all these other shows. And she will let you know how she feels. In the Celebrity Big Brother house in England last year, this woman, Gemma something... Do you know her? Gemma she, Kid. She's blonde and like rude. Mm. So this woman gave her shoes and then behind her back was like, I want my shoes back and <gasps> I hate her and whatever. And so Tiffany found out and then said the following in a confessional. And it's one of my favorite sound clips ever. Tiffany is in the diary room talking about Gemma. What would you want to say to Gemma? Pretty much I will let Gemma know that she is a fat and um, the shoes that she gave me were not something that I would particularly buy for myself. They were old maiden type of shoes. And she said that those shoes were meant to be worn on a beautiful woman. So if that's the case, she should have put them back on the rack. And she should never even purchase them because she was unqualified to own those shoes, if that's the case. And um, I think Gemma is just a disgrace. She's a disgrace to humanity and she's a disgrace to women who are 
actually beautiful and classy and um, she just doesn't have the vernacular that she thinks she possesses. Somebody lied to her several times and told her that she was fly, hot and sexy and beautiful and she's nothing like that. She's nothing of the sort. That's a read. Oh Oh. my God. She only cursed once but it like you still feel it in your bones, right? Oh yeah, like I flinched and I love that word. I use it constantly at home, not in the workplace. Mm -hmm. In case you're wondering, it's the C word. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) She is nothing of the sort. (laughs) Old maiden type shoes. Uh, You felt it. You felt it. Amazing. Also in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Have you seen it? Yes. Yes. No, never in my life, actually. Well, you might want to after hearing this. It's a showdown at the reunion. What the hell is your problem, Christy? Why are you always such a nasty You get some kind of sick pleasure from torturing other people? I mean, yeah, okay. So Michelle and I did make up some lame story. We only did it because we wanted you to treat us like human beings. But you know what I finally realized? I don't care if you like us, because we don't like you. You're a bad person with an ugly heart, and we don't give a flying what you think. Come on, Michelle. Okay. And, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember as a kid being like, so scandalized and then saying it like in secret with my friends, but feeling like we were going to get in trouble. Jamita, do you have one? Oh, I mean, I've got several because I grew up watching a lot of Eddie Murphy and and Richard Pryor. (laughs) But I think probably one of my favorite ones is, I don't know, do you guys ever watch Inside the Actors Studio? No. With uh, James Lipton? Yes. Yes. I told you that I have the mind of a 65-year-old man. Inside the Actors Studio, at the end of every episode, James Lipton always asks what an oh, artist's right. favorite curse word mm-hmm. is. Oh. And my favorite response is Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, what's your favorite curse word? F*** is my favorite. Like, I say it. I say it a lot. Uh, you know, f*** yeah, I say it a lot. <laughs> what? <laughs> but... Hmm? I'm trying not to curse anymore. Are you really? No, nah, I was f***ing with you. <laughs> 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 love it. What's yours, Carly? Oh, it's kind of a cliche, but I really love that scene in season one of The Wire where Bunk and McNulty are going around, <gasps> a, crime, <gasps> going around a crime scene and just going, f***. the f word is just used so many times in so many imaginative ways and it's a joy to behold and it's just a great show and everyone should watch it at least once now if you say the wire and you say cursing you gotta mention clay davis (laughs) unfortunately that's just gonna be a long bleed Look it up, people. Okay, so enough of this witter. I want to give you a quiz. Mm, all please right? do. About f***ing swearing. Yes. Okay, number one. The Motion Picture Association of America decided to ban profanity in movies in 1934. But when was this ban lifted? Hmm. When did people start swearing like mother in movies? Wow. Okay. I'm going to say the 70s is when it all started popping. Okay. 1972. 1972? He stole mine. I was going to say the 70s, too, because that's when the black exploitation thing was going on. Mm. And so I know for a fact, as I said, I'm Richard Pryor, cursing was going on. And in the 60s, I think it was a lot more like, you know, darling. And we, you know. Well, guys, I hate to tell you, 1968. Oh, well, that was close. That's close. Yeah, it's pretty, it good. Was pretty good. Pretty good. 
Okay, number two. The movie that uses the F-bomb the most times is Martin Scorsese's Wolf of Wall Street. But how many times is the word used in that movie? And I will accept the closest answer okay. by uh, like a multiple of like 50. Okay. Okay. I will say 192. Jamidra? I just watched a Wolf of Wall Street clip last night. And you counted them. <laughs> and, I, and I counted them. So I know in that short clip, literally he said it at least like five times and it was only like a two minute clip. So I'm going to go with 210. 506 Whoa. times. That's 3.16 uses per minute. That's insane. I know, I know. Okay, number three. According to a 2010 poll, the residents of which country swear more often than Americans and the British when talking to friends? So which residents of which country are even swearier than the Americans and the British? Australia. Italy. Guys, it's Canada. What? I love that. Canada. <laughs> I love See, them. I think, but you know what? I think there's a correlation between niceness and swearing. You think so? Yeah, I think they get it all out. And they're trustworthy, <laughs> they as you out. said. Trustworthy. Very trustworthy. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this uh, short f-ing quiz. That was f-ing great. That was f-ing awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So for this week's Peak and Pit, mm-hmm. starting with the pit, guess what, guys? It's a three-way tie. Ooh. Well, you know what? It's been quite a week. I was mm. sick this weekend. I'm not in the mood. Mm. I did not come to play with you hoes. <laughs> I came to slay, bitch. Yeah. Putting your foot right down. Right next to that deep line that you put right in the Right next to that deep line in the mm-hmm. sand. Is that a crab over there? <laughs> it's a lobster. It's a lobster. <laughs> Duh. Yes. So first person... Joseph Fiennes. Oh. Did you see the picture of him as Michael Jackson? Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, listen, I didn't even care enough to love the man's name or whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, t- I love Shakespeare and love, all right? Listen. Do you love- Don't you ever <laughs> disrespect. Don't come for Michael, Michael. Michael is dead. Michael has been dragged so much. Just leave him alone. Mm-mm. And that I- nose was not accurate. Mm-mm. Sorry. So actually the pit is for the prosthetic person. What what is that? Also, no, no, he's no. white. He don't get out of he, he. The pit is for him accepting the role, then the prosthetic person, then everybody else who signed off on that BS. And mm. also, all of this hurt and pain that we're experiencing for a TV show it wasn't even a movie. Mm. No. And Paris Jackson said it made her want to vomit, and I agree. She came for him. Mm. Yeah. Second person, my favorite friend, Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, I know oh, you love her. Here we go. How to award. Trump and his friends for always looking out for trans people go to his inauguration and be really excited about it. No, what? I'm sorry? Yeah, that's happening. So, Caitlin continues to show her stripes. I'm not here for it. And the third person, Steve Harvey. Oh, don't even. Because I saw this headline come through last night and I was like, listen, I done had enough. Okay, the cheap suits, the bad (laughs) advice, but now you're just taking it too far. And also declaring the wrong winner, like that's your own job. Oh, God. There are so many strikes against this man, but go ahead. I don't think he's kind in his personal life. My mom has such a crush on him. It's crazy. Steve Harvey? Yes, she's like, "Mm, Steve Harvey is what we call 
that is the epitome of cat daddy. No. No. She, no. No. Love yourself, please. Mm. So he, if you didn't know, said the following on his show about Asian men. Here's one. How to date a white woman, a practical guide for Asian men. Excuse me. Do you like Asian men? No. Thank you. And everyone's laughing, and it's really gross. So all of those people deserve a pit of the week. Gross. Split it three ways, figure it out. Peak of the week is for scandal-free Barry and Michelle. Oh, Hello. Barry and Shelley. We are going to miss them. We owe them a lot. And they never once had a scandal. And I think it's shocking. They actually didn't. No. Thinking about that, that's wild in eight years. So if they're creeps, they're just good at hiding it. And I love that. <laughs> Kudos. They seem trustworthy, so they probably cuss a lot. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what their favorite cuss words are. If you're listening, Barry and Shelley, let us know. <laughs> Tweet us at KQED Pop. Exactly. <laughs> I love you back. You used to call me on my cell phone late night when you need my love. And I know when that hotline blink. That can only mean one thing. So we are outroing this week with the song that. Carly requested earlier in the episode. Yeah, sorry, a bit of a danger uh, danger last minute request. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stevie Nicks, stand back. Always. Let's do it. Stand back, stand back. In the middle of my room, I'm gonna from you. It's all right, it's all right. We stand in the Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. And thanks to Jay Simpson for helping me edit. Please subscribe on iTunes. Also rate us if you like us. If you don't, um, you never heard this. Until next week, find us on social media. I am Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter. I am at Teacup in the Bay. I am at Jimmy Dresses. Follow us. Favorite our stuff. Retweet. Bye. Bye. Bye.